Uh, just want to thank Chris for coming and leading us during our, our communion time. Those are some awesome thoughts and certainly goes hand in hand with what we're going to be talking with today. Um, we are continuing our, our, uh, our lesson series on 10 principles, 10 life principles that every Christian should know. Uh, I would probably broaden that 10 life principles that everyone should know um, because some of these are really, really important things that will help us live uh, a better life. And so I appreciate you guys coming today and, and being a part of this lesson series. Today we're in life principle number three. Now life principle number three is a lot like last week, but a little bit different. We're kind of building off of last week. Last week was really all about obedience and what that means. Uh, this week it's a little more in-depth. Uh, it's Life principle number three says, God does not require us to understand His will just to obey it even if it seems unreasonable. Now, uh, if the hairs on the back of your neck kind of went up as I was reading that, <laughs> then, then that means we probably need to talk about this. Uh, because on, at first glance, it may not seem that this is a, a life principle that you would want to follow. Because it involves a lot of blind trust and faith uh, in knowing, well, if you know, how do I know if God knows what he's doing? How do I, do I really want to follow uh, someone and, and, and do whatever they say? You know, in our culture and society, that's, that's not a, a normal kind of reaction. So this, this is kind of uh, a little bit of a, a stretch. So what I want to do today is we'll start off with a little bit of table time. Um, you can choose either table to, to uh, sit at back there, but I'm going to dismiss you for that. And the question and thought that I want you to talk about as a table is this. First of all, do you ever wonder if God answers your prayers? Raise your hand if you've ever had that go through your mind. Yeah, I think we all have. Um, is he really up there? Is he really answering? Is he really listening to what I have to say? And so that's kind of a rhetorical question. I think most of us would agree that, that we've been through a thing like uh, a, an opp opportunity in our life like that. But this is the question I want you to talk about. Has there ever been a specific time that you've prayed and you've prayed, you've prayed over and over about something, and it just didn't turn out the way that you thought it was supposed to turn out. Can you can you remember an instance like that? Um, what I want you to do is just go back to your tables. Not everybody will remember an instant, instance like that, but if you have something that you'd like to share, I'd love for you to be able to kind of share with the others at the table your life experience. Because um, this is kind of, uh, will help us springboard into our topic. So take about seven or eight minutes, okay? Uh, go to either table that you want to, and then we'll get back together in just a little bit. Okay, great. I am so uh, glad that you get an opportunity to learn from each other and talk about your stories. Did did you have some good discussion there? Some uh, some thoughts on, on that how that happens? I had a little discussion with Nate up here with our little group, and, uh, and uh, he had uh, some interesting things to say. Uh, he had uh, how this kind of impacts him the most, he said, was uh, that oftentimes when he prays and prays and prays, maybe about not getting along with someone, that he really feels like he needs to get along with them, and he prays and prays and maybe hasn't really heard uh, any response from God about that, uh, he's convicted about maybe there might be something he can do to change the way that he treats this person. And because of his adjustment in the way that he's treating them, 
that relationship gets better. Um, I told him the, the way this kind of uh, manifests in my life is that oftentimes it's time or people. Um, oftentimes I want God to answer my prayers in my time when I think it's the best time because uh, I'm pretty smart. I know, you know, when a good time is. I, I, I can figure that stuff out. But oftentimes, most of the time, actually, God answers those things in a different time, and usually it's always the perfect timing of when that should have been answered. And oftentimes it's people. A lot of times I'll be praying about a situation or something that needs to be done in ministry or in my job, and I'll think, well, I know that person would be great to do this job, or this person would be the, the best person to do that. And then oftentimes God chooses someone completely different that I would not choose. And so, um, so I have to really work out the, my own uh, thought processes behind that and make sure that I'm thinking in the right way. And when I adjust my thinking and my behavior and my obedience, then all of a sudden it all comes into focus. So I guess my challenge to you today is that oftentimes when we aren't hearing God answer our prayer, Oftentimes it's because it could be our level of obedience that's hindering that prayer or our level of how we think about how God should answer that. Does that make sense? I think uh, some of the situations you would have been talking about at your table, um, if there was an adjustment in attitude in our own minds or behavior and obedience in our lives, then it opens up God's ability to really work with the situation. And uh, so that's not the only reason why some prayers aren't answered. Sometimes it's, again, not the right time, or uh, maybe he's already answered and it's no, or maybe there's uh, uh, things that actually have to happen before uh, he can work. Uh, waiting on God um, could be the answer, trusting him more, having more faith, uh, maybe watching for his cue to move forward. Or it could be that we just have a, a lack of understanding about how God works and about what he wants because oftentimes he wants something different to what we want in our life and so that could be a big deal um, and that's that's a really big deal in our in our world understanding his will and I'll just do a little sidelight lesson here about how God's will works um, let's talk about his will a little bit uh, I'll give you a, a, a recommendation for a book it's quite a thick book but it's probably the best book I've ever read on this particular topic. It's called Decision Making and the Will of God. And so if you ever uh, are going through a time in your life where you need to seek God about something and it's a big decision, uh, this is a great resource. It's a wonderful resource and uh, you can find it online. It's called Decision Making and the Will of God if you want to. It's one of the greatest books I've read on that. I've, I've given this recommendation to young adults especially. Uh, when they're going through that transition of, of getting to know, well, what does God want me to do with my life? Here's, here's a synopsis of a book that's this thick. Um, basically, God has an overarching will. It's like an umbrella. And basically, that is found where, do you think? It's in his word. Uh, you want to know what God thinks you should do? The first place you need to check is his big will 
And that's found in the Bible. Does God want me to kill anyone today? Hmm. What do you think? What's that? Absolutely not. So that's God's what? Big will. Does God want me to lie to anyone today? No, absolutely not. He wants us to be truth tellers. Um, does God want me to be unfaithful to my wife or husband today? No. Uh, does he want me to cheat on my taxes and report things that I've not supposedly done or done? No. So it goes on. It's a huge, it's a huge book, and it has all these principles in it, and that's his big will. Right? So that's his big will. Uh, and a lot of information can be found in that will. Where it gets a little bit tricky is when we start asking the question, what does God specifically want for me? And how does that work? Well, here's my two cents worth. And basically, one of the theories that's laid down in, in this book that I've recommended is that um, if God wants you to do something specific, he will not hide it from you. God is not in the uh, habit of playing hide and seek with his will. Uh, did, jo did God want Jonah to go to Nineveh? In the book of the in you know in the in the Old Testament, yes, he did. Uh, did he hide it from Jonah? No. Matter of fact, every single time in the Bible that God wanted someone to do something specific, guess what? They knew it. There's no. There was no hiding it. So my my advice to you guys and myself is, if we're asking whether God wants us to do something specific, he will show you and he will tell you whether that's what something he wants you to do. If you don't hear from him on it, then we have a lot of freedom and we have a lot of ability to do what we want. But if there's something specific he wants you to do, I guarantee you will know it. But you won't know it if you're not connected to him and if you're not obeying him and if you're not in a relationship with him. You'll miss it completely. That's how the will of God works. You're going to miss God's will if you're not obeying him and you're not in connection with him. Um, it's just something that you won't, you won't, it'll, it'll go right over. You know, the jokes that we tell sometimes that go right over the heads of people, we go, what? That's our, that's, oh, right over the head. <laughs> well, that's how the will of God works. If you're not in connection with him, if you're not in relationship with him, then his, what he wants for your life is just going to go right over your head. You're not going to catch it. That's how the will of God works. So you can save yourself 12 bucks and not buy that book if you want. But if you really want it, it I would highly recommend it. It's, it's a very good book. That's how the will of God works. And it's keyed in to our obedience and following his will, which has everything to do with our life principle. God does not require us to understand his will. He just wants us to follow it, and even if it seems that it's unreasonable. And there's a lot of that going on. Number one point today is when we choose the path of obeying God, we must be prepared for any response that we receive. In other words, this idea of even if it seems unreasonable. If we really want to follow him and obey his will, we better be ready for something crazy to happen. Because at some point, something crazy will happen, and we will be faced with this choice 
of do we follow this, even if it doesn't seem reasonable? Do we still follow it? Well, when uh, let's name a few Bible characters that you know of that God asked them to do crazy things. Do you know of anybody? Abraham. What did God ask a him to, Abraham to do? To leave everything he'd knew he'd known to go to some unknown place. Um, and not only that, but there was other things that he asked Abraham to do. He asked him to sacrifice his own son Isaac. He went on and he said, "You're going to have a, a a baby. You're going to you're going to be the father of many nations." And he didn't have any children till with his real wife till when? He was in his nineties. So he asked him to do some strange and what we would consider unreasonable things. Who else do you know in the Bible? Noah. That's right to build an ark, to build a boat when it hadn't rained. You know, that's that's unusual. That's unreasonable. Even his family thought it was unreasonable. Uh, who else? Jonah. Yep. Jonah said, that, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. Um, Jonah said, no. I don't want to. don't like those people. I'm going the opposite direction. He was swallowed by a fish. He was spat up on just outside of Nineveh, <laughs> and he walked into Nineveh, and he basically said one sentence to the people in Nineveh, and guess what? The whole city became believers of God. Now, you tell me God doesn't know what he is doing. Of course he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And if he asks you specifically to do something that's unreasonable, Instead of questioning it, we need to really have that faith to say, okay, I don't know what you're doing here, God, but I know this is right. I know this is what you want, and I'm going to follow it anyway. Moses, same thing. Uh, Noah, Abraham, Joshua, one of my favorites. You know, ask Joshua to march around this city, you know, seven times playing instruments and singing songs. How am I going to defeat the, this city doing that? Well, he did it. He obeyed him, even if it was unreasonable. And he experienced the power of God. He experienced the, the blessing of God. And Elijah, Elijah also, uh, he was asked to do some crazy things for God. Matter of fact, in, in um, 1 Kings 18.21, says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. This is right before the big contest on the mountain, right? Between Baal and God. And Elijah is asking these people this important question. Well, who are you going to have faith in? Who are you going to have trust in? Are you going to follow God, even if it seems unreasonable? Are you going to really follow and obey God, or are you going to do this, this other thing? And there's this huge contest, and he ends up, uh, you know, God ends up winning, and all of these prophets were killed. Um, and Elijah was an outlaw after that and was chased and chased and chased. And, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a uh, very unreasonable thing to ask someone to do, yet... Elijah did it and was blessed. You know, there's these, this important question that Elijah asked them, 
you know, there are these questions and then there are questions, right? Uh, this is a huge question. Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to trust? Um, have you ever noticed when you ask someone a question and they don't really want to answer, um, they tend to stutter or, or stammer? Or sometimes they don't answer at all, just like these people did when Elijah asked them that question. They, they hem and haw, and after you walk away from the conversation, you realize they didn't really want to answer you anyway because the question was confronting. The question that Elijah asked the people of the kingdom of Judah is a major issue for us today. This one question, who will you serve? The difference between spiritual victory and a powerful witness comes down to this issue. Hesitating between complete surrender to Jesus or living a compromised life. That's the two uh, answers to the question today. What we find ourselves in in our culture is we, we try and do both. We try and be completely surrendered to Jesus. And then we also try and have this compromised living in our life. And it becomes very stressful. And it fills us full of anxiety. It fills us full of worry uh, and shame and guilt. And it's not a very good life. And so this life principle that we're talking about today is critical to you living a life that's free from this guilt and shame, that's free from this confusion and anxiety. How many times have you heard someone say, if I had known what I was getting into, I never would have said yes. Have you ever said that? <laughs> yeah. If I had only known what this was going to be like, I would have never said yes. Many times, probably. And I'm sure you've said it yourself. We've all been there. And that's why it's important to know the real deal before you make a commitment, before you make a decision. And if you're going to, to do what's necessary to follow Jesus as his follower, you need to know what he expects from you. You need to know the real deal. What does obedience mean? And here it is. The real deal is that you and I are called to follow Christ, period. Not to follow Christ if we know where we're going. <laughs> Not to follow Christ if we know that we're going to have a roof over our heads. Not to follow him as long as we know uh, where our next meal is coming from. Not to follow him on our own terms and when we're ready, but to follow him, period even if it seems unreasonable. I can guarantee you that Mother Teresa didn't wake up every morning thinking, well, will I follow Christ today or will I not follow him today? She didn't worry about where she was going to sleep at night. She didn't worry about what she was going to eat during the day. She worried about following Jesus. And when we get to that point in our lives where we can answer that question, Jesus will take our life in a, on an adventure that you would have never had before that. Discipleship, love is obedient love. And we need to don't hesitate to love him in that way, to love him as a real follower would love him. Second point is obedience must be a priority in every life. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will, you will keep my commandments. It's a key to us loving him. If we love God, we will obey him. We will be connected to him, and we will follow him. We will keep his commandments. 
That means that becomes a priority in our life. Everybody know what a priority is? Yeah? Don't have to explain that. You know, priority is are those things that we that rise to the top of our of our life, those things that really mean a lot. Sometimes they're family, you know, relationships, different things that really are a priority. Jimmy Johnson was the head coach in the college uh, football ranks, and he was coaching down in Florida. And when he got his big break and he got the head coaching job of the Dallas Cowboys, one of the, the biggest football franchises in America, and he got this job, and the day after he got his job, guess what happened? He divorced his wife of 26 years. And he said this. He said he needed a wife while coaching on the college level for social functions and to show families that he would be looking out for their sons. But in pro fo football, I don't need that. She's a, she is an unnecessary, an, an unnecessary distraction to winning. And he said winning football was his number one priority and his two sons his second. But a far second. He confessed that he never brought his boy's birthday or Christmas presents. He just didn't have the time. And he said, they just weren't my priority. So priorities, depending on where they are, direct your life in certain directions. So he's single-mindedly threw himself into that football team, the Dallas Cowboys. And in January of 1993, he made it to the top. They won the Super Bowl. But his priority cost him pretty big. He lost all this, these important relationships in his life because of his priority. In contrast to that, Tom Landry, who was the, a former coach of the same exact team, the Dallas Cowboys, said this, the thrill of knowing Jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I think God has put me in a very special place and he expects me to use it to his glory in everything that I do. Whether coaching football or talking to the press, I am always a Christian first. Christ is first, family is second, and football is third. Tom Landry won multiple Super Bowls with the same, with a very different priority in his life. When we th the thing about priorities is that when you set your priorities then that is the direction your life will go. The catch is that if you choose wrong, you may not like where you end up. That's the catch with this priority business, this idea. If we, we have this uh, precedent to that obedience, is a pri obedience to God is a pr our priority, then we should choose to obey him, and uh, you will never regret where you end up. Uh, if you have that as a priority. So my encouragement to you is choose to obey him, even if you don't understand why he asked you to do so. Um, have faith that his instructions are good for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. That's his plan for you. That way you can become the person he wants you to be, do the work that he desires you to do, bear the fruit that he 
enables you to bear and receive all the blessings that he's prepared for you. If you choose to obey him, if you make that your priority, you make your relationship with God your priority, then you will never be disappointed. Your hope and your future will be secure. You will never have to worry about that. He worries about that for you. You have to decide whether you want to rely on yourself or if you can learn your place to place your life in his hands. That's the decision today. Are we going to learn to allow ourselves to place our life fully, fully in his hands instead of walking this like tightrope of trying to be fully sold out to Jesus, but then over here we're, we, we kind of waver. Uh, we want a little bit of control. We want a little bit of uh, opportunity to, to, to do this ourselves rather than allow him to lead us. So the worship team is going to come up. We're going to play a, a last song today, and we're going to sing this song. But some of you may not want to sing. Some of you may want to just reflect on this decision to what you're going to do with this life principle. How are you going to, to process this through the week? Uh, maybe you need to talk to him about this life principle, how you might start to find his will in your life and have the courage and the faith to obey, even if it seems like it's unreasonable. Uh, even if it's a path that you've not gone down before and you think, oh, I'm a little scared to do that. But if you know it's what God wants, have faith. Trust him. It'll be, it'll be the, the best journey of your life to allow him to lead you into some unknown territory maybe, but, but territory that will be very well worth it. Um, he plans wonderful things for you. We just have to open up and, and place our, our lives in his hands. So we're going to sing this song. Um, it's one we sang a while ago, but we haven't sang it for a while. So uh, just uh, enjoy the words of the song. Maybe uh, spend some time in meditation.